Hey, and welcome back to the Rugby Report Card for another year, 2022. Excited to uh, to talk all things rugby. And I promise this year we will be more consistent. Uh, with me today is uh, Jim. How are Happy you? Happy Tuesday, boys. Happy Tuesday. How are you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and mentioned uh, Tuesday, this will be our regular slot. Um, so we'll be uh, uploading every Tuesday from now on. So uh, super excited about uh, the organisation and the consistency for this term. And uh, uh, Blake, uh, how are you, mate? Mate, I'm good. You know me. I love consistency. I love organisation. So I'm really excited to be in your ears once are you, a are, week. You, are you coming in those ears or just, you know, being in their ears? I'll be in their ears. Oh, he loves okay. being in arrears, mate. Never pays his bills, this dude. <laughs> um, in all honesty, how are you excited about the rugby? Just talk, just talk generically about the Six Nations, and obviously before we get into some of those questions that were asked on Twitter, but the Six Nations and the, the Super Rugby that's covered. Um, how excited are you, boys? I'm pumped, absolutely pumped for another season of Rugby Union. I must admit, it, it, it did kind of creep up on me, um, probably due to Australian rugby's high-quality marketing, um, I reckon if it wasn't for Stan Sport getting the Six Nations, I was sort of sleeping. I was sleeping on the season. I think I was enjoying the Ashes too much. We'll revisit that later. Um, I think I was enjoying the cricket season, summer, all of those things. But now rugby season has arrived. I am genuinely like a kid leading up to Christmas. I couldn't be more excited. Um, and we'll get into this further in the podcast. But I think for me, the, the real excitement is I genuinely believe every single Australian Super Rugby team and squad is better than it was 12 months ago. Um, and, and that really, really excites me. I think they've built, they're older, they're better. Bring on the rugby season. What do you boys reckon? Yeah, look, very excited. You know, I like to uh, watch the news. I watch the Today program, stay up to date with the current affairs, um, the latest texting scandal. Um but they, in the ad breaks of the, the show this morning, they had two rugby advertisements in the same ad break promoting the rugby on Channel 9, which is a great thing, albeit it looked like it was shot from a Kodak 240 circa 1990. So, so there's a lot to unpack here, Jim. One, you watch the Today Show. And that's how I wake up. I wake up with Today, get that cash cow, <laughs> that cash cash. I'm not going to change lives, man. And, and Two, also current all, affair. Albeit, not albeit, that's from me. I've always said it like that. It's what we do. It's, if you fucking never visited Devon, <laughs> you'd know, man. It's always been albeit. <laughs> what happens in Canberra stays in Canberra, yeah? Yes. Um, but, look, I was excited they did it. Look, not much work went into those marketing campaigns. I don't know if you've seen the ads for the, for the rugby. No, it's any great good? that it's getting the, uh, the yeah, yeah, the quantities there. It's the quality. Eh, you know, <laughs> fuck, a voiceover wouldn't kill you. Um, look, the last one I remember was Show Me the Razzle Dazzle. So it's been 15 long years. That took off, though. That good old razzle-dazzle. Yeah, show me the razzle-dazzle. And then the year before that was Anything Can Happen. I liked that marketing campaign. And I tell you what, it's been cricket since then. So maybe the new yeah, crickets. Maybe yeah. the new quantity model is going to get them over the line. Um, well, boys, what I thought we would do today, because there's a lot of uh, other fantastic rugby podcasts that have been through the squads and those sorts of things. I, I hope we touch on those. But um, some um, of our mates on Twitter have chucked us a few questions. So I thought I would throw them out to you, pigeons, and it would just be a feeding frenzy. Pigeons? <laughs> I don't know. Shall we jump in? You boys ready for a question? Absolutely. Question one. Hang on, hang on. Can I? No, no, no. Before we get into questions, Jim, could you please repeat what you just said? Because I just <laughs> want to make sure that everybody just heard your pigeon noise at that moment. I'm a, I'm a seagull, man. Oh, seagull. Okay. Me. Give me that deep fried batter. Hit it me up, Blake. What do you got? Okay. Will the new Kirtley Beal be better than all previous Kirtley Beals? No. <laughs> Quick. No. No, I don't. I think it's really hard for him because I, he's still playing in a task team. That I agree with what you said, uh, Blake. They are going to be better for multiple reasons. Uh. Um, but I, I just feel like he's not playing in a, going to be playing in a team that's got enough go forward. Uh, it's going to have enough ball, and so I just feel like it's going to be a bit same old Kirtley, um, to be perfectly honest with you. Which it's is not going to be. It, it won't be same old Kirtley. It'll just be old Kirtley. 
Um, he's gone to oh, fucking. I follow the guy, man. He's always running around Europe, getting snaps with his wife, doing some awesome stuff. He's coming off the bench for his Northern Hemisphere team for a majority of the part has been coming off the bench. And we've seen players time and time again go on their European holiday and come back. And who's this guy, man? It takes him a while to acclimatize back to what it's like down here. Um, so I'm expecting, you know, not great. But he's um, a fighter. He's an ultimate competitor, so he could he could come good. Ne- both of you are absolute Nagnellis. Um, he's exactly what the Waratahs need, uh, which is an ah. old hand. Um, they need a tight five, sure. But in the back line, they need so. they need an old hand. Um, I think he's a quality player. He's been quality for a long time. Um, I think he's one of those guys because of his deficiencies and his his ability to have Barry. Um, he's easy to underrate his actual talents. Um, I think he's got a lot to add this team, especially with Maddox leaving. Will he be better than all previous incarnations of Kirtley? No. I saw him at Joey's. He was a freak. Um, granted, he was playing he was playing other kids, but he was outstanding. I don't know if he's better than Joey's Kirtley. Um, I think he's got a lot to give in his career, and I'm reticent to write off older players in this new age of uh, sports performance, performance management. Just look at a Quaid or someone like that. So let's give him a chance, boys. What was, what I'm was the question? Well, what was the question, Blake? Will he be better than any other incarnation of Kurt? So yes or no? You know what? I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Yes, this will be Kurt's <laughs> best season in Super Rugby. <laughs> Cowards, you boys. Um, next question, though. Uh, sticking with the Waratahs theme, uh, Jamie Roberts. Are we barking up the wrong tree with a Pommy recruit? He's not really a draw card. New South Wales is supposed to be the rugby factory with the best club rugby in the competition. He's 100 years old. What message are we sending? Is Jamie Roberts the answer? Was it a good recruit? The message they're sending is, fuck, we miss Tom Carter. (laughs) This has been – Yeah, I I liked it for a headline. I clicked on it. I read it. I liked seeing that big – and it is a big mug. It's a big, yeah. big mug um, lining up there. If they just need some genuine old man go forward, that's fine. But if you're looking for something to build, oh, look, I'm really curious to see how this goes. I don't want to be a neg on this one because it sparked my interest and now I want to see. But, man, the floor plans, based off what they were doing last year, I, I don't see where this fits. Yeah, but he's not going to go in there as his first choice or anything. They even said he's just going to come in as an injury replacement in the short term for Joey Walton, wasn't it? So... I actually quite like it as an option. I just think, uh, you know, with the new culture that that uh, the coach is bringing in, the DC is bringing in, I just think I think he's going to continue that trend. And I think for an international player, even though he is in the latter stages of his career, I think he's got so much to experience to give to those younger players. And I totally get the fact that you're saying that maybe put a, a younger person in, they go, there's a factory of support. But if those factory players, you know, are, are not actually ready, then you could actually ruin their career. So I feel like as a... As a yes, it's maybe not a long-term issue, obviously, uh, but I think for a short-term fix, culturally and experience-wise, I think it's a great fix. And um, also, he's a doctor, so he can help on the field as well. Yeah, so. and and Walton, who he's coming to replace, is having all sorts of leg troubles. So having a doctor can't hurt. Absolutely, uh, I'm all for it. I clicked on the headline too, um, and head wasn't an intentional pun then because his head is huge. Jim, you fit the nail on the head. Bring Massive. on Jamie Roberts. I'm being positive for Australian rugby this year. Um, the bloke's played 96 tests for Wales. He's class. We know He's old now. But, hey, I said Kirtley can be old. Jamie can be old too. Um, all right, next question. This one's a bit trickier. I'll look forward to you two <laughs> fumbling around, trying to remember names. Yeah, uh, Joey Walton. <laughs> Wallaby bolters before the season starts. Who do you expect to see in a Wallaby jersey at the end of this year that hasn't got one before? So right. it hasn't had one before. Mm. Now, this is hard because there's a lot of players, I don't mean this disingenuously, there's a lot of players who have Wallaby shirts already, even a what on. So I find this this question really hard. So I'm going to go really out there and two of you are going to, both of you are going to shout me down completely, I reckon. Uh, first guy is a Wallaby boulder, Carter Gordon from the Rebels. I think he's got a chance yeah, to good get share, into, good into, into a Wallaby jersey. Um, Josh Kemeny, he went into the, uh, also at the Rebels. He went, he was in the, um, training squad last year, back row. I still think back row is a problem for the Wallabies. 
I know you've got a number of options available and some of them played really well, but I don't think anybody other than Hooper has really nailed on that, that um, six at eight shirt. I know uh, obviously there were good performances at times, but I don't think anyone's nailed it on. So I think he's got a chance. What the fuck's this, man? You're asking, you guys scrapping for names. He's looking at a list. He's got a list of names. He's rolling them off. He knows I'm doing it from the top of my head. He's got a list of names he's reading from. And last one. Last one. I'll give you, and you'll say definitely not, but I think Will Harris uh, has got a chance to. Hmm, interesting. Jim? Look, I reckon Vunavalu is going to come through for us here. Uh, He's looking bigger (laughs) based on those two photos. That I saw, so I reckon he's... He's had a cap, hasn't he, in my bra? Has he had a cap? Has he had a cap? I'm pretty sure. But my first pick was going to be someone with a cap as well, so I'll let it slide. If he's had a cap, then it wasn't a noteworthy cap, you know? He's on that green tee, not that night cap, Earl Grey. But, um, nah, Vunavalu is my pick. And, uh, look, uh, I'll just consult the list, but, Blake, feel free to, to jump in. Um, look, I I, um, I really like your shout of Carter Gordon. I reckon that's a great shout. And it's going to bring me to my next question, sort of organically. Um, but but I reckon I reckon we see a few Queensland Reds. Um, I think their tight five is the best in the competition, um, and we'll get to that a bit later. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Harry Hoopit um, getting some minutes in a gold jersey as the sort of new breed of prop moves into that squad. Um, the Force, their new captain, um, Katu'u, but I think he's had a cap, so I think I'm cheating there at hooker. He's, he definitely had a cap. Didn't he go yeah. on tour? He went up. I thought he was injured, but I, th- I think you're right. I think he's had a cap or two. But I, I can see him maybe ending the season as the Wallaby hooker. Um, and I'm going to go a dark horse here. I'm going to go Mac Greeley. Mm, he's had a cap. He says he's just had a cap. Go. He's had a cap? Get out of it, Jim. Um, get, get, let us answer this question two weeks into the season, and then I reckon we'll throw some more names at you for bolters. Um, I, but um, I'll tell you, what, 20 minutes of the Reds preseason that I caught, uh, you can throw Tom Liner in there as well. He looked great. He did look great, didn't he? He looked great. Did you, um, did you read the report just because I go back to Bunavalo? Um, he was considering there was a report of him going back to the NRL. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Give him a cap then. Give him a cap. <laughs> yeah, I know. So is it just a, he's potentially considering it? That's all. So uh, just as a thought. Like still, still at the table thinking. Yeah, apparently, yeah. It was a the while. season starts next week. Just, just don't shoot a messenger, man. Sorry, man. That's right. Just, he's just passionate. Read, he's upset. Yeah. Well, well, my question to you boys is. About a cap. Um, <laughs> at, the, at the end of the, the Wallaby season, I think we went into midway through the season, we thought James O'Connor was a saviour. Start of the season, we thought Noah Lolasio was the future. End of the season, we thought the only hope we have at 10 is Quade Cooper. <laughs> so my question to you boys is who stands up and becomes the Wallaby 10 by the end of 2022? Um, I genuinely think Matt Tamua started last season with a chance. they are gone. Forget it. Out of the picture. Uh, Will Harris, gone. Out of the picture by the end of last season. Donaldson, I don't know what's he got to do to get there. Who's going to get there? Is it Carter Gordon? Is it? Going this to be is Tam the beautiful O'Connor? thing. Is it going to be Tom Liner or or the SOS to Quake Cooper come back? What do you reckon? Who is the Wallaby Ten Rugby Championship? Everyone's fit. Everyone's available. Every year they um, it, it's just the audition process starts over again. But but I would the, the argue. Panel- can I make the point on that, Jim? And I will. Look, I'm cutting you off, so we're just going to run with it. Um, your your Ten is your quarterback. And if you're if you're auditioning for a quarterback, you're in trouble. They need to set the identity. It, it's not a position that can be chop and change. For for 15 years, we were Steve Larkham. Before that, we were Michael Liner. Before that, we were Mark Eller. New Zealand, you can run through the tens. You need a stable ten that sets your team's identity. So I agree with you. It's exciting. It's an audition. Who's it going to be? But which identity do the Wallabies adopt? I also just did a count of that slightly. Not that I disagree with you, but I think also quite pressing is your midfield. So I think your midfield actually dictates also. T- who- t- talent for days there, mate. Pick it. No, no, who, who is it that you go with? That's why. I just think your midfield. There is talent. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. But just the, the makeup of that midfield might determine 
um, the, the fly half. That's all. Whether tell it's me, James- tell me, fly half though, boys. Who do we pick? I actually still think it'd be James O'Connor. I, I, I think that uh, I like uh, Lalasio, and I think uh, he was the future, and I still think he's got a lot. I didn't want him dropped, but it, it was the right decision to, to pick Quaid at the end. Um, and I still think he's got a lot to, to offer. Uh, but I just feel like an incumbent. I feel like with a season under his belt, with the best pack, as you quite rightly said, or the best type five, I just think yeah, he will look good. And I think he'll therefore play well against England. He'll then play well in the rugby championship. So for me, it will be James O'Connor. But with... Uh, Carter Gordon on the bench, potentially coming in. Ooh, Jim, who's your I'm going to go Quade Cooper here. I think they finished. I don't know what all the contracts are and what he's allowed to and not to do, but assuming that all of that stuff is ironed out and he's eligible and not weighed down with all that shit, then I think he deserves to pick up where he left off. You know, he's training, he's working hard. I thought we played better when he was leadership. I I know I've come on here and, and shouted JOC, but I'm just not a huge fan. I'm just, I just don't feel like him leading a backline is a very very strong backline. I still get that element of anything can happen with Quade, even though his success and his leadership over a backline hasn't been great either. We've been winning it through the forward, but I'm going to go with Quade. Quade's my dude. I, I I agree with that point, but I think Quade had the advantage of having Karevi at twelve. He was such a controlling. Uh, influence and you run such great lines. That's why I go back to the idea of what is that midfield makeup? Because if you have... You've got to it's assume it's Karevi, though, don't you? But do you? What, is it, what are their contracts? I, I don't know. I, I probably should have done Everyone's available, best case Australian team. It's Karevi at 12. If, if he's all available, then I think having James O'Connor there, I still think will benefit because he'll play better because Karevi's there. Karevi didn't play when James O'Connor back in at 10. So I think that would naturally elevate his game and stop him crapping Ah, oh, so Richard's finding yeah. a way to shit on Quaid here. No, but that's no, right. No, not at all. It's a thinly no. vowed attack at God. Here. That's no, right, no, but that's an audition process. That's part of the audition process. We can't audition. I, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer to, to the question. I'm genuinely excited to see. I just hope uh, whoever it is gets a good run. And I mean every single international game. But... Saying that we lose two games, I'll be con- on here calling for the head, whoever it is. So, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. The Reds are going to be the strongest Australian team in this Super Rugby season. So on the back of that, James O'Connor will get that jersey. Yeah, that's what I just said. I Should he get the jersey, though, was the question. You're the selector. You're CEO of Australian Rugby, Jimbo Jones. Well, how, you can't pick someone from a losing team, can you? You just, you can't. So you, you go whichever team is most successful out of the Australian rugby sides, they get the pick of the 5-8. Look, you could. You could if that person had enough stock, but I don't think the others have enough stock. And I, I, I totally get the fact that Quaid was the right option, I'll repeat that, but I feel like long-term, I just feel like you've got to, you've got to make a change, surely. All right. It's a, look, it's an interesting one. I, I haven't I haven't had the guts to have an answer. Um, we, know, we noticed. <laughs> uh, I, I, one thing I did find interesting, and I, and I cannot remember the website, so I, I genuinely apologise, but I'm sure many people listening would be aware of it. They did a power ranking of the top 100 players, uh, rugby players in the world right now. Um, and I thought it was a really interesting list. The only Aussies to rank high um, were, no surprises here, Tupo. Um, I think he was like in the top five. Um, but interestingly, I think Tyg Furlong was above it. Shows you how valued tight heads are right now. Um, but uh, Tupo was in the top five. Then I think Karevi was in the top 20. I think Quaid was in the top 10. Uh, and it was just interesting because it was an international website looking at their view of Australian players. Um, and I just thought I just thought that was a really interesting thing. Um, should it sway my decision? No, but I'm probably going Quaid. In a dream utopia, I would love for one of these young blokes to be the freak. That list, that list sounds like it's been put together based off of success. Yeah, or fans or something, because they're they're the names, aren't they? Well, Ireland beat New Zealand, therefore Ireland stock is up. Quade kicked the winner against a strong Bocky outfit, so that's boosted his stock up. Karevi single-handedly changed our entire team, so that boosts his stock up. And I don't know who the other names in the list were, but it sounds like it's purely picked off success, which is yeah. not a metric you should go for. I was just no, going to say it's not a bad metric. If you're winning, how good? Yeah, it's just yeah. a power. It's a power ranking at this time. 
isn't it? I, yeah. I just thought I just thought it was an interesting observation. I don't think there's another Australian ten anywhere near the conversation of the top hundred players in the world. Um, so I thought it was an interesting conversation. But let's move on because we've got plenty of questions to get through here, boys. Plenty of questions. We can bring the heat in the future. Um, with Drua based in Australia this year, Fiji Drua, bloody exciting. Uh, I must admit I'm not fully across their squad though. But with Drua based in Australia this year. Their first game is in uh, 18th of Feb in Parramatta against the Tars. That's amazing. That's just around the corner. Who are you tipping in that one and where did Drua end up? Um, let's just say within the Australian teams, where do they end up ranked there? Power rankings of your own. Jim, go. Given the hardship that the Pacific Islands have, have come under since we last podcasted, I think every game is going to be a home game for them. There'll be so much support thrown their way that the and bounce I'm, I'm of the behind ball, them already on buying a jersey the rub of the green the scratch of the fence will go their way and so it should man I'll be screwed I'll be cheering for them against the Waratahs don't you worry about that um but look I, I, I don't know how thrown together this particular squad is I'm looking at it now not not many names jump off of the page and acclimatizing to a competition like this does take take some time. Um, very exciting prospect long-term, but I'm expecting the Tars to get it done here. Richard? Yeah, I, I, I'm excited to watch them because they will play expansive uh, rugby, and they've even come out and said that. Uh, the captain's going to uh, be very exciting to watch them. But unfortunately, I just feel at the moment I feel they will be um, in the bottom two, if not the bottom side. Um, I know, obviously, trial games are not much to go by, but uh, both teams have, uh, have, have taken a bit of a thumping. So I agree with everything you said. I hope they win lots of games because I think it only develops the quality of the competition, but the worldwide grab of the game. Uh, but I do feel they'll be near the bottom, of, if not the bottom um, of the group. Harsh. You're harsh, Richard. Yeah, harsh. Look, it's hard to disagree with either of you, only other than I think we said this just before they entered the NRC or whatever that comp's called, and then they just bloody blitzed it. Um, I, I was blown away with how good they are. This is a very different level. Yeah. Um, so the, I probably echo exactly what you boys said there. Um, this is an interesting question. I quite like this one, and I might answer it to give you – I'll answer it first. I'll ask myself to give you boys a chance to, to, to think, to digest, if you will. But if you had to um, re-watch one game of rugby from 2021 to get you in the mood, I'm going to go for the super rugby season ahead or the season ahead, the season ahead of rugby, which game do you watch? Um, I'm going to give two answers because, you know, me, I like to hedge me bets. I'm going to go international. I watch Ireland beat New Zealand. That was something special. Um, I could watch that every day for the rest of my life. And the, the game that sits in my mind um, is the second game, Brumbies v Reds, of the Australian Conference. The, the rivalry, the closeness, the abject anger that I felt towards the referee because my team lost, um, the, the, the closeness and the passion that that rivalry was building um, gets me so bloody excited for the Australian teams playing for 2022. So they're my two answers. What about you, boys? Uh, so for me, I'm going to go back to actually the, the, the Brumbies uh, Crusaders game. I think it was round one, maybe, I think it was, where they were in Christchurch. And it was a storm of the game. Brumbies went in there and were massive underdogs and they nearly pulled out an, an amazing victory. So I think it was just a, the, one of the higher quality games for an Australian um, Kiwi derby. Um, and I think for me, yeah, I agree with the, the derbies for the Aussies, you know. Um, we think back to those, but I like the, the, the trans-Tasman, the idea of them competing against each other. So for me, I think it would be the Brumbies Crusaders from round one or two last year. That's a great shout. I think... Um just left such a sour taste in my mouth how pumped we got the rest of that comp. But that's a great shout. Jim? I'm going to go for the <clears throat> the the last game of the French series when we're down 14 and I had written us off as a no-hoper and we held on um, against all odds, uh, mind you. And, you know, that sort of set the tone of excitement leading into the international season and 
the back end of the Super Rugby comp because it was kind of wearing thin on me towards there, the the midway sort of back end of the the comp, the Super Rugby, and that sort of series, winning it against a you know a B French side, but very very skilled one at that. That got me rejuvenated, and I loved it from that. Point. Oh, I can't wait for that feeling again. You know, in rugby season, it doesn't happen very often, but when your team wins, how good that feels. Um, I, you'd know very little of that over summer, Richard. But uh, in the cricket, I get it, but it's not the same. It's, it's the long summer for you, eh? They talk about the long winter. It's, not, it's, it's the long summer. The long summer for Richard. Speaking of uh, cricket, um, fantastic. Sorry, sorry, boys, you just broke up. What did you say? Sorry, I just missed that button. Speaking of cricket, cracking question here. What is the rugby equivalent of Stark's first ball? Followed by what is the equivalent of Warney saying it didn't swing? I reckon I've got this. I'm going to go reckon, first ball is going to be yeah, a counteract, a counter. Oh, you're going kick return. NFL kick return, start. sort of, sort of counter off. play, counter play. Yeah. Oh, even just any general kick that, that lands in there, 22. That's Starkey's first ball. No, but are you but talking you, at the start of the game? No, nah, I'm talking at any point. Oh, that can't be the same. That's the first ball, the Ashes, Jim. I'm talking Elton Flatley, Namibia. Didn't we kick off and he, like, caught it back himself and scored within 13 seconds? I'm yeah, talking it, was, it has to happen that quickly. That, to me, is Stark's first ball, but it's probably got to be a Bledisloe or a Super Rugby final. And then Warney saying it didn't swing is uh, the try was scored against the Tars and Phil Kearns is commentating. That's what I was going to do. I was going to do Phil Kearns. Phil Kearns or or side. check, check. Sorry, can we check, check? And then they go to the TMO because someone tripped someone over or something in the background. That's the equivalent of Warney saying it didn't swing, but I reckon it's Kearnsy throwing the toys out of the cot. Richard, what do you got for us? Uh, I'll do the... Um... The second part of the question, I reckon it's the forward part. Did it go forward? Did it not go forward? Did it come out of the hands? Did it not come out? Did it not go out of the hands? Oh, could you check that? Can we check it from every angle to see if it came forward? I think that's the one that irritates me. You know, the wall did it swing? Did it not swing? Did, did you see the rugby league? Uh, they're trying technology in their preseason um, with two different companies for a computer to detect if the ball's gone forward. Huh. So the referee no longer has to make the decision. Well, they always goes forward in rugby. Every every pass out of that dummy half goes forward. So there's only a lot of stoppages. Um, and I'm actually going to take a different angle to the uh, to the start first ball. I, I saw the Harmison, Stevie Harmison, the great ball to first slip uh, or second slip, wherever it went. <laughs> I would actually say. I would actually say if we look at Stark's ball because it's very hard to talk about the you know the very first action. So I would say. Stark set the platform and set a tone with probably most the most impactful moment of that series because, you know, it just, just was. It set everything up. So I would say one of the most impactful moments of the rugby season recently was probably Quay Cooper's kick after the siren to win the game because I think it had the most impact on, uh, on the rugby season because it brought a lot, of, a lot of joy against South Africa. So I would take that angle rather than it being just because it was the first thing. Not bad. All right, I'm getting political. Did it bring you joy, did it? You feel some joy in that moment? Sorry, Jim, what'd you say? I didn't Did, quite hear you, mate. When Quaid kicked the Sorry, winner mate. against the box, you get a bit of joy. Uh, you're a bit staticky, mate. Sorry, I can't hear you. Sorry. Fuck, Just, you I, love Quaid, man. You love him. <laughs> um, let's get a bit woke here, boys. Good question. I quite like this one. Tennis Australia dumped Santos as a sponsor. Should Rugby Australia do the same regarding climate change and Indigenous consent issues? Any strong opinions in this room? I would say straight off the bat, I'm knowing very little, but just about the, the you know, the attitude towards Indigenous land, uh, I would say yes. I think it's, uh, it stands a, sends a strong message uh, that rugby is inclusive. It supports, obviously, everybody, um, particularly, obviously, Indigenous people. So um, I, th- I, think it, I think it's important that you do because, obviously, all those things that they're doing in terms of fracking and everything is Yeah. Is that over in Western Australia we're talking about? I believe so. I believe yeah. so, yeah. But you Fair can't. Sorry. Talking you can't, from the place of ignorance, though. You can't. Me too. Ignorance is bliss. But you can't don an Indigenous jersey. You can't have it both ways, mate. Stick aside and just run with it. Just be consistent with it. And it's what we all see. And to steal a line from, is it Dan Carlin? Be on the right side of history, man. Um, I think that was Barack Obama. Uh. Ah. <laughs> 
Well, I'll be on the wrong side on that one. <laughs> uh, look, uh, having very little knowledge and information on the topic, very hard to comment, but I think ethically um, I echo you boys entirely. A few problems, though, with Twiggy Forest and, you know, propping up Australian rugby. So I don't know the ins and outs of any of it, but I agree with your sentiments entirely. Rugby video games. Have either of you checked out Rugby 22 yet? No. Um, no, because I feel like it's really Rugby 2 rather than really Rugby 22. I now have a child. It's not like I have much time. So. Yeah, good shout. Good shout. Look, I, um, I, I, I got close, but I just watched a few reviews and it looks like you're playing in 2002, so I just couldn't get around it. But if it's amazing, someone let us know and I will go out there and sample it for the boys. No one's buying that game, man. No one. Um, no, I don't think so. But it's such a shame. I think when you're looking at what young teenagers do, they spend so much of the time gaming. We've got to get it right. Um, 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 I'm just stalling here. Get it. Got to get the gaming right to get the youngins involved in the sport, you reckon? I'm, mate, I'm just, if you two could say anything. that Got to get the gaming right. Um, just, just like that's what's wrong, Richard. Questions. Can I just say we're letting the gaming market crash around us? That's what's know. wrong. Fucking I don't know. either of you two asking questions. Um, we know ne- our role, mate. We know our role. Next question. I think it's. I think it's. Um, it's a good one. Um, I've got a view too. I've got a view. I think I've said that with every question. You reckon <laughs> I don't? And I've not given it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Both sides uh, of the argument. Mac Hansen. Barely got a run at the Brumbies. Um, when he was on the field, he was good, but he barely got a go at the Brumbies. Couldn't make the Waratahs. No other Super Rugby team wanted him. Dug out the family tree. Now he's debuted for Ireland. He was man of the match in an absolute toweling of Wales. What's doing? Is he that good? Is Ireland that weak out wide? Um, how does Australian rugby let another one go? Thoughts? I think we have to take uh, a step back for a second and go, yeah, he performed exceptionally well the other, uh, over the weekend. Uh, but ultimately, he didn't play in that Brumbies team because at that moment in time, there was a large number of players that were actually in front of him, you know, and correctly, they were, uh, they were out in front of him. Now, the Brumbies were very strong in, their, in that back three. Um, so as much as we say, yeah, we've let one, or you guys have let one go, I think there was valid reason why he wasn't playing in the Brumbies team. And then if you say, well, why didn't you go to the Reds? Again, the Reds are strong. And then you go to the Tars. Well, if you're being honest, if someone's offering him the chance to go and play in a very weak Tars team or go and represent the country of his birth, of his mum's birth over in Cork, earn a lot of money and still play international rugby, I totally understand why he made that choice, okay? Um, and in terms of have we let another one go, have you guys let another one go? Maybe, but it's a position that you are actually very, uh, very full in. And, uh, and again, there was a number of people in front of him, so... I, I totally get why it all uh, why it all happened. I like that you almost said we then when referring to. Uh, I did Australia actually. Richard. I did. Um, a, a, times, I did actually. A, a colleague this yeah. week actually queried where Richard was from, followed by a. I know in Western Australia, some people have got a pretty proper Australian accent, so I thought you might be from there. You're losing the accent, mate. You're referring to Australia as we. What's happening? I, mean, I don't want to talk about it because I'll be deported probably or something. <laughs> I've already been told I've assimilated too much. You know, I'd, I'd just rather move on if that's okay. Acculturation, mate. It's dangerous stuff. Uh, Jim, yeah. thoughts on Mac Hansen as a Brumbies fan? Is it heartbreaking to watch one of our prospects, one of our boys, one of our babies carving up for Ireland? This is one of the great good time stories. Good on him. Made a decision, went out there, tried his best and, and had success with it. I think Rich is right. Had he stayed in our system, he would have come and he would have gone, unfortunately. So this is a huge win um, for him and, and good luck to him. Oh, I agree with both your sentiments. For him, more power to him. Fantastic decision, a huge decision for his career. Full credit to him. My only comment would be I think in this country uh, we worship at the altar of the power winger a little bit too much um, rather than the skilled winger. Uh, and I think Mac Hansen doesn't have that explosive uh, pace or that massive size. So I think in Australia, um, those blokes, and, and I liken it to a Jesse Mogg who's come back, who I'd love to talk about, um, but often those guys are Jock Campbell, Mac Hansen, 
Um, Jesse Mogg, I, I would even put, um, what's the Brumbies fullback in there, that Banks, we shit on every week. He's at least got the pace. Um, we, we, we worship at the altar at the power winger. And if these guys can't reinvent himself as a fullback, we tend to disregard them. Um, I don't know. I think I think that's something we do in Australian rugby a little bit. And when you look at his skill, I even remember his skill at the Brumbies. It's maybe it's a misidentification um, of talent, and we're looking at those physical attributes a bit more than than those well-rounded attributes. Just a thought. What do you think? Yeah, to a point, but I I, I agree with that. Um, but uh, that that's not the reason why he didn't play. Like if you look at the Brumbies again, you know, I don't think the the description you just uh, described applies to like, uh, Tom Wright or Tom Banks. You know, I, I just feel like it, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, personally. Yep, no, probably a fair shout. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Can uh, I ask your opinion just on one thing? This is a, this is a genuine question. I'm not trying to Richard, speak. you can ask me anything, mate. Uh, awesome. Do you think there's something wrong if you're an Irish fan, and I'm not trying to dig, that if you've got James Lowe on one wing and Matt Hansen on the other wing, is that a sad indictment of Australia of uh, Irish rugby? Tough to comment as an Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? A genuine question. I'm not trying to, you know, stitch him up or anything. But if you, you know, you've got a lot of excellent, you know, Irish players that come into the system and go, it's a great sport. I don't know. I'd be interested to know what, what uh, someone who of Irish descent actually does think. And now I know Matt Hansen's mum is from Cork. So I know it's not just, it's not just uh, obviously, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not just a residency that they're getting picked. So I just wondered. Um, I think one of those questions is when it's your team, it makes sense and it's okay and it's fair enough. When it's the other team, I don't know how they're okay with that. Um, tends to be my attitude. I don't know. But it's, yeah, it, you look, you're Irish. Let us know. Second row podcast, our Irish brothers over there. We've done a potty with you. Let us know what you think. I'm sure they're satisfied with just toweling whales. Um, all right, last couple one questions. What do you boys think about the new formation of the Super Rugby competition? Um, it is obviously not a conference-based system, but given the state of COVID, they've rescheduled the competition. It looks like a conference-based system now. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? It's a really inconveniently timed uh, restructure and, and, and time to boost it. But we've had a few COVID cases hit the Reds as well this week. I think it's going to change once again as the as the comp sort of goes on and expectations of players and limitations placed on them are really going to have a huge impact on how this comp runs. I was so pro at the inclusion of the Pacific Islander nations and a breakdown, that barrier that sort of set itself up over COVID between us and New Zealand. But um, look, this year isn't starting off as the year where it comes back. I think it's going to take another shape or another structure this time next year. Uh, for me, mate, it's um, it's the it's the best case scenario, the temporary change of competition because it means we get a Australian rugby, Super Rugby AU, um, and I just think that is best case scenario. Um, it is as if it, if it's short lived. I'm into that. Yeah, but it is because we can't play New Zealand until for two or three months now. We get to watch all the derbies. How many derbies, that? Oh, I think we play everyone twice. So yeah, it's, like, actually, it's, I, we almost get the comp back, which I'm really excited about. I think we're all spitting chips over that. So I'm really looking forward to the Australian teams getting some success. Richard? Yeah, I would echo that thought. It's about uh, the Australian public can uh, buy into uh, a Waratahs versus Reds game. Uh, they're going to be closer. Um, you know, Australian teams are going to win <laughs> by default, obviously. Um, so I just actually think it might create a uh, uh, a lot more publicity, positive publicity at the moment. However, I'm still disappointed because uh, we all uh, froth over that, that Kiwi Aussie derby. Um, so it's disappointment. In, in theory, the we do. In theory, we froth over it. Yeah. We in do. In practice. What? I go, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I ah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say let's power through these next because uh you know you've been generous with your time, boys. Listeners have been generous with their time. So force relocating to New South Wales to play out of Western Sydney because Western Australia's borders aren't open. Um, any quick thoughts on that? 
Yeah, great effort. Same with the Perth Scorchers for the cricket. Unbelievable that they've done that so they can still play. I think it's a, they'll, you know, it's so hard to play away from your families and to travel all the time. So uh, thank you so yeah. much to the Western Force. It's a great thing yeah. that they're doing. So you have been following the cricket somewhat, Richard. You've been following a little bit. Yeah, just the, just the big bash, mate. Get it, you know what? Throw them up the Bluey Mountains. That's what I reckon. Get them up there. Make a home ground somewhere. Make them go up that hill and burst them. Oh, I think um, New South Wales rugby has got a responsibility with Fiji Drua, with uh, the Tars, and with the Force. They need to be making a thing of rugby in New South Wales. Oh. Really getting out there and selling um, it is what I'd hope. Anyway, um, all right, quick. Power rankings, predictions for Super Rugby, and I guess I'm. I might just ask the Australian Conference, and then sort of, um, are we any hope in the Kiwi Conference? None, absolutely none. <laughs> no. All right, I'm the optimist. I think we are. Oh, we're going to do better in the Kiwi Conference. So I hang think. on, a better better means one win. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think so, we'll pick up okay. some wins. I think we'll pick up some wins. I think were we, we ever leading at halftime? Because that's better. Yeah, I think so, yeah. It was boys against men last year. We were too young and we got smashed for it. I think all the squads are better for it. So, hang on a minute. You said a power ranking. How many Aussie teams are going to be ahead of a Kiwi team? Uh, One. The Reds will be ahead of a Kiwi team. Which Which one? The Pacific Island decided. (laughs) That's not a Kiwi team, man. (laughs) In their conference. Uh, I reckon the Reds will be ahead of, I'm just not across the Kiwi teams well enough. Uh, I'll leave that to I'm going to say the Highlanders. Reds will be ahead of the Highlanders by the end of the season. You like those apples? Um, all right, Australian rugby, quick power rankings. Who's the top? I think the Reds will be one. I think it'll be very similar to last year. I think uh, the Brumbies will be two. Uh, I think the, the Rebels will be three. I think uh, the Force will be four. Tars will be five. And then uh, Drew will be six. It's hard to go against that. I think um, I think the Tars will pick the Force on on this occasion. But other than that, I think Richard's bang on. I think I'm I'm off the rebels, um, but I think it's just because they get no press. And then last year they they suffered because of COVID. But I just I've got no good mail coming from them. But then I think Carter Gordon could be a real difference there. Um, so maybe I'm being too harsh on him. Kellaway, Kellaway could uh, yeah, Kellaway, Carter Gordon, Tamua, Vunavalu. There's a bit doing, isn't there? Rob yeah. Leota. They will miss Corabetti though, won't they? They're, they're going to miss him massively. Just to let He's you know, Vuna, carving Vuna. in Japan. Oh, Vinavala is in Queensland. Isn't Red, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Reds are going to – honestly, I expect, and I'll be putting some serious thought behind this, but the Reds are just going to dominate. Their, their squad, I think they've changed like one player from the year before. I just think that continuity is invaluable. Yeah. Um, the only warning sign I have for them is James O'Connor stepping down as captain. Sounds logical. It seems like a weirdo. Take me to him. It seems like a better captain. But I don't know. When I hear that stuff, I'm thinking, where's his head at? Well, he came out saying that he overindulged in rugby last year. Yeah, but they, right? yeah, that's what worries me, though. Uh, and that's what I think. When you overindulge. Think 10, overindulge. Yeah, you got a couple of years left. Eat, eat your cake, man. Overindulge, man. Um. So interesting thoughts there. Uh, and then really quickly, the big one, uh, Six Nations. I know you've been avoiding it, Richard. You would have opened with that had England won. Um, quick thoughts on the Six Nations. Um, uh, very quick synopsis, I would say, and I'll go in the order that you expect me to go in. So France absolutely dominated and looked like uh, a, a well-oiled machine. You know, obviously their favourites for the tournament, understandable. Uh, Wales, that's the worst Wales performance I've seen in a long time. Ireland were good, but I don't think they were that good. I think Wales are very, very poor. Uh, we've got to give a lot of props to to Scotland. Um, I don't think they were the better team. Um, England, were, uh, I, I, I just think that uh, England were not very clinical. You know, they and, and Scotland, fair play to Scotland. Absolutely. The fact that they executed much better, you know, the crossfield kicks, uh, the uh, the defensive work, the line-out press, uh, sorry, the defensive press, uh, actually, I changed my answer. They did deserve to be because they did execute uh, the key moments and England didn't. And it showed the lack of creativity within that back line. You well, know. I, I wanted to just pick you, pick you on a few points here. Mm. Um, one, how bloody good was Scotland's defence? I think yeah, that was something like six tackles for the whole game. That was absolutely insane and they should be commended on that. How bloody good are Hogg and Russell? Um, they look just top 
game, world class. They make a difference to any team. But the question I want to ask you, Richard, is when I saw the England team picked, I actually messaged you and thought this is the best offensive backline I've seen England pick in as long as I can remember. Um, Normally... They're just picking battering rams in the centres or a 5'8 who does up and unders. I looked at this back what line was, and I was like, whoo, they're going to fire here. What um, was my response to you? No, no, you thought you'd be shit, but you're pessimistic. It's what problems are. No, 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 it's, it's, but it's not. I, my answer was that they'll get, uh, they'll get squeezed and uh, it, they'll get shut down. And unfortunately, there isn't enough dynamism. There isn't enough creativity for whatever reason because individually they are fantastic players and you watch with the premiership and i know that's a, a much lower level than international rugby but they are uh look fantastic but it looks very one-dimensional at international level there's too many pods that run up and it's a bit slow at times um and against a, a good team a good defensive setup uh, they cannot break them down and and you talked about australia uh, meeting a 10 in certainty um, obviously marcus smith is the future and um, I don't like it and, uh, when uh, fly half. I know you agree on this. Comes off at about sixty or seventy minutes. Uh, but I think you, if you if you tend to control it, you get what play well. I think you should stick with him, and I think he should he should have carried on playing uh, because you need that continuity because that back line has a lot of potential, but it's not firing right now at the moment. Yeah, look, I agree with you, but to be honest, Stan's been chasing me for that twenty for a couple of months now, so it's probably time I pay it. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I wanted to say about that game, just that input, Jim, um, is Scotland's penalty try. What do you think? Oh, look, I totally get why it was given. Like he, his movement of his hands shows you he is actually batting it away. If he if he actually caught it or even attempted to catch it, then that's one thing. But you could actually see him push the ball away. You know, that's that is a, that's not an attempt to catch it. That is a deliberate knock on. So. Um, as much as I want to come here and chastise the, the referee and say it was a terrible decision, it, it's the right decision. I totally get it. Jim, do you see it? Thoughts? Look, I, from my view, I, I agree it's the right decision per the law. Uh, you know, my views on referees deciding games. Yeah, it's more the... Uh, it's I, the did, I, I just don't like those rules. I just I think professional foul setting him off, let's have, let's have the penalty in the corner and go from there. It's, it's the double sword and it's a double-edged sword. You I get, hate you the get double sword. Hate the it's double the, sword. It's the, it's the yellow that comes with the uh, with the seven as well. That's that's the problem. Yeah, didn't um, like it. Didn't like it at all. But um, no, I saw I saw a stat. Sorry, just about it. That I think England in the first half, uh, Scotland had seven seconds in the twenty-two, and then in the in the whole of the game, Scotland spent I think it was under a minute, fifty odd seconds in England's twenty-two in the entire game. You sound, like an, you sound like an Aussie fan, mate. How long they de- how well they defended um, and took their opportunities, but. You know, England spent three minutes in, in their 22 and didn't really come away with much. So um, I'm going to say something real controversial now. By the next World Cup, chances of Eddie Jones not being coach. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I just if, if they say, for example, England lose to France, lose to Scotland, lose to Ireland, lose down here, down under in a 2-1 series loss, what happens? I'm being like, it's too close. I Look get it. at it's you, ludicrous. already prepping for the loss down under. I love it, Richard. <laughs> one two one, you reckon? You reckon just... you get one win? <laughs> you reckon you get one? Good luck, mate. Well, um, we both lost to Scotland, so. Yeah, yeah well, uh, that, that was my last point on it. Uh, Scotland just criminally underrated. Like, you lose to them and there's like this visceral reaction of like the referee must be wrong. There's, there's something rotten with our team. Are Scotland just good for the first time in 30 years? Yeah, they are. They are much better than they used to be traditionally. And Murrayfield is a little bit of a fortress right now too. The crowd had a huge impact on this game. Um, yeah, they are. They've got no no follow-up <laughs> comment. Just no. throw it in there. They, uh, they have a lot of very good players in key positions. You know, the, the row is very strong. The back row is strong. Got you love the row, mate. Get off it. Yeah, ten and, they're strong at 10 and 15, mate. Yeah, and, and even, and though, even, the, yeah, and even the, the scrub half comes on for injury. HIA, he scores a freaking try and then just wanders off, wasn't it? Or was that in the Irish game? One of them. Well, all I want to say is Wales getting a red card is the best, the best thing I've ever seen. Just Wales, I, Welsh people love you. 
No, just I'm so sick of Wales only staying in games because the other team got carded. To see it happen to Wales, it's just marvellous. That's petty, that's spiteful, but it's how I feel. Yeah. (laughs) If I was Wales, I'd be looking at third-string wingers in Super Rugby. (laughs) Checking their their passports. (laughs) Uh, Just finally, by the way, to to strictly be above for the Six Nations, I do think we need to just take a moment to say how awesome it is the women are doing in their sevens at the moment. Uh, Yeah, they are ripping. Yeah, coaching swap. Yeah, so they uh, just did a straight swap, didn't they? The men went to the women, yeah. the coach went to the women, and vice versa. But the women have won two out of three tournaments, I think it is. They're absolutely ripping it right now. So uh, all power to them. And the men are doing okay as well. So I think it was a good idea, the change. Different different voice, probably same message, but um, Sevens teams are doing well for, uh, for Australia at the moment. It's brave, isn't it? It was a brave move because it's not something that's traditionally done. No. Um, and it seems to have worked. Well, it's just returning. It was just returning old mate back to the women's team, and he seems to have so much more success there. Yeah, 100%. Um, no. So, no, that's a, it's, and they've obviously contracted them for quite a while too. 2024, I think it was, which takes them through to the next World Cup. So, uh, sorry, next Olympics. So, I think for the women's team, I think because uh, they under, underperformed at the Olympics, I think there's uh, a real opportunity to grow, to grow the game even more, and success brings about growth. So, Hopefully that will continue. When's it coming to sitters? The seventh, isn't it? Usually in February. Uh, I'm no idea. not sure. Sorry, off the top of my head, I'd have to have a look. Yeah, right. I know it's not for a while. I looked the other day, and I know Singapore's next. I think it is. So um, the seventh circuit is is um, is pretty good. What about Lewis Hamilton? Richard, he's back. Yeah, he was always going. Let's be honest. Yeah, he's always going back. You can't yeah. retire with one to go. You got to get that one with a, with a guy that's got seven world championships. You don't retire when you just lost one. However, he shouldn't have lost it, but um, it still irks me. It, yeah, it still irks me too, man. Um, like he can't retire at that moment. It would just be forever unfinished business. No, so. I wish he wins every single game. I'm not part of the haters there, man. I don't know why people hate him. I don't know why because he's successful. I think he's just successful, and he doesn't. He this doesn't uh, follow the party line. He's. Uh, I hate him. Yeah. Yeah, so look, I, I don't follow sport. I just listen to a few podcasts. So you don't follow sport? That sport, Richard. No. I follow cricket mostly. I think it's just the accent. <laughs> yeah, it, is. It, it, it rubs people the wrong way. That pompous sort of that's why British titles. It's that's British what, accents. That's yeah. what I've assimilated, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why they don't like him, but no, I'm in for him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, last thing, because I think we talked about this on one of the last podcasts, go go to the Cincinnati Bengals. I have no, it's no association with this with uh, Cincinnati, but uh, like what are they Burrow. doing there, man? What, what are, are they, they doing, doing there? there? I like Joe Burrow. He seems a very nice. How guy. can you not like him? I know. Tell me about it. But, uh, um, so, well, look, I'll end on. We'll be back next week. We will be mm. consistent. Same podcast time every yeah. week. Um, and we'll have tips ready to go next week for the first round of Super Rugby. Holy moly. Absolutely. Your horses. And also, officially, we are not even uh, – this is actually happening this time. We will be on Spotify. If not this week, it will be next week. So uh, uh, we're super excited about that and, um, yeah, just excited about the year ahead. Spending happy Tuesday. Rugby. Yeah. Happy Tuesday. A lot of promises, but happy Absolutely. Tuesday. A lot <laughs> of promises. It's an election <laughs> year, boys. It's an election year. Get your promises out. These ones we can keep. All right.